Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, this is Cindy Gern of The Workforce Show, and I am very delighted to have as our guest uh, Jennifer Taylor. She's a vice president of CTA, and I also have with me uh, Charles Britt, one of our hosts of IT, who is uh, offering uh, moral support and uh, can ask questions and pipe in when, when he feels it appropriate, too. Welcome, Jennifer. Welcome. It's such a pleasure to be here. I think so, too, because uh, we're going to ask you a lot of questions, and I love your organization. I love what it stands for. And um, uh, so now we're going to speak to the person who can really tell us what it stands for. I sure will. Uh, I have um, I've I've been reading up about CTA, and I'm impressed with what they do in policy engineering and technical policy, and you know moving the dots and interrelationships between the different products but i will let you tell us uh in your own words but before we do that tell us about your job now and uh well, uh, well no what is your job uh, yeah i'd be happy to so you know i have an interesting title i think um, my title is vice president of u.s jobs and i work at the consumer technology association and we are the trade association that represents the tech industry it's over 2200 member companies that we serve um, and our whole mission is to help grow and advance the tech industry we want we stand for innovation and we support disruptive technologies because we believe it can help improve lives and drive its efficiencies and help our economy so yeah i have this really interesting title. People ask me about it. And, you know, I started working at CTA about a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, back in the summer of 2017. And prior to that, I was working for um, a tech startup, literally just a couple blocks away from here in Arlington. Which, which on one Wilson. is it? Which one is it? Um, uh, the company is Segway Technologies, and they have a subsidiary called Caring Village. Oh. And um, I worked with software developers and graphic designers and the whole you know, suite of um, IT folks. And we launched a um, consumer app that is designed to help family caregivers care for their aging loved ones. So after I had completed that, that assignment and brought their product to market, um, I came across a job at the Consumer Technology Association with this title, VP of US Jobs. And the reason why CTA created this role is because our country and specifically our industry, the tech industry, is faced with this significant skills gap. They are so challenged um, with finding workers with the skills they need so that they can move their businesses forward. And, you know, we really have this critical skills gap. You've got 7 million open jobs in our country right now and over 6.3 million people looking for work. So we've got a, a serious skills gap here. So um, CTA decided to create the US jobs team. I was fortunate enough to get the role. Um, and I, I love working at the Consumer Technology Association. And you know, I just would like to share with you why this job 
you know, stuck out to me at the time. Um, it was mid-2017. I had just finished reading the book Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Yep. And it takes place um, in a town called Middletown, Ohio, where the primary um, employer was a company called, is a company, it's still there, A.K. Steele. Um, and he shares his memoirs, and it's quite a sad story. I mean, the, the word elegy means sad poem. And he just uh, talked about what it was like when a major employer, the headquarters, um, move out of the city and when a company is downsizing, the impact that it has on society there. And it was really detrimental. So here's what's really fascinating. I, was too, I too, was born in that city, Middletown, in 1969. So I'm reading this book. And he's describing it, and I know every corner, every school, every store that he's describing. My father was a financial executive for the company. His grandfather worked in the steel mill. And we moved in 1983 because my dad had foresight to see what was happening in the steel industry. And uh, he knew that the financial forecast looked dim. So he moved he, in a way, recareered. He stayed in the financial, you know, area, um, a focus in finance. But he left steel and he went into technology and he went and worked for a major tech company in Michigan. And so, what's ironic is the year we moved in 1983 was the year that J.D. Vance was born. And you know, it just really struck a chord with me because I loved my childhood. I loved the town I grew grew up in. But when you see firsthand what happens to people when job availability for what they just think is going to always be there for them. People in Middletown, Ohio, and J.D. Vance talked about this, just always thought, when I graduate high school, I've got a job at Armco Steel. It's now called AK Steel. But that mentality is a little bit dangerous. It's actually very dangerous. Having Believing that you have a job for life? At one company. At one company? Because the world is changing so fast. We're now in the fourth industrial revolution. And each revolution, the time period between the last one, it's it's cut in half. And so technology is emerging and happening so fast that it's just so critical mm -hmm. that people stay current with their skills. And so yeah. this was a calling for me to come and take on this job. And my whole mission is to help connect Americans to tech jobs. Now, uh, there, there is, uh, I know there's a lot of conversation from different polls and different directions and different in, uh, interests about the role of, of science and technology in our in our life and in our work and in in the future. Uh, doesn't science and technology? also mean change? I mean, does, how does how do you see the, the industry moving along from now until an infinity? infinity? How, how does, uh, those, you know, you can be a, a pro, like a programmer now, and are you going to be a programmer forever? Uh, even those jobs will become obsolete. Don't you think so, Charles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation about what she mentioned as far as staying current and, and what's yeah. current because there are, there are jobs that are becoming more and more obsolete in technology as new technology is being developed. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the onus is on the, the this education system and it's on businesses and the individuals to ensure that people are getting the correct skills and training that they need to stay ahead of that. Yeah. And it sounds like organizations like CTA are out there advocating 
to ensure that all these folks are working together to make sure that regardless of where folks are employed, they're getting access to the skills and training that they need to be successful. Yeah, I, I'm reminded that I was uh, talking to somebody about the cyber industry. And you don't, you know, you're not, you know, you're graduating, you aren't automatically a cyber expert. You have to start in basic skills, and and then you take a road and path to the industry that you're most likely to go in. How does CTA help with that? How do you define the industry, define the skills, and then define the pathway and the different pathways that people have? Okay, well, the Consumer Technology Association is doing a few things. Um, First of all, we want to understand the landscape. So in the last two years, we've conducted two um, future of work surveys. And um, what I can tell you is the one that, um, that we just published. In the fall of 2018, we published the results of our future of work survey. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that almost all of the leaders in the tech industry that we surveyed said that 92% of them believe it is going to be extremely difficult to find skilled workers in the next five Mm -hmm. years. And about 74% said they're having a hard time right now, and they think it's only going to get worse. So one of the first things we did have done is understand the landscape. And then we also asked what were the jobs that were are in the highest demand. So you've got software engineers, data analytics, but also program managers. Not everybody, not all the jobs that are in high demand are very technical IT related because with those jobs come other jobs. So you need um, people Mm -hmm. who are graphic artists because a lot of times software has an interface. So how does it show up to make it Um, have an easy user interface, an easy GUI, right? But then you also, with any business, you know, you're going to have your, what I call, shared services roles. Uh So those are going to increase. You need people who are accountants. You need people who are, you know, in HR. You need, you know, leaders. You um, You need people in finance and accounting. So with every tech job that's created, it's also creating other jobs yeah. um, within a business. They, they're called induced jobs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and you have a, a world, a plethora That's of, right. of, of induced jobs. But even if you have those other jobs, uh-huh. it's really important yeah. that you stay up to mm-hmm. date with technology skills. So making sure that, you know, you know how to use um you know, software, desktop software. There are still many, many Americans who don't know how to use it. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's constantly it's, changing. Yes, very much so. So it's just really important. Even if you're not a software engineer, stay current on your skills. Push yourself outside the box. I mean, you know, try to be an early adopter. Sometimes early adopters, you know, they're the ones that maybe have d- deeper pockets because they can buy the iPhone 10 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but try to push yourself and learn the new technologies that are coming out. So I personally try to buy the things that um, first come out. So, uh, you know, I ha- when um, the Amazon Alexa came out, I bought that. I brought it home. My family said, what are you doing? I said, I need to know how this works. And that was three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the iPhone came out, you know, I bought that right away. So I'm trying, I, I push myself to stay well, abreast. That raises a question that I have. And what do you see as the current best, most advanced technology that everybody is touting and, and everybody should learn who is a technology in the STEM field? So Cindy, I think that the kind of hot consumer um, items that, that people are buying and interested in today are um, 
personal assistants, I think we're seeing a rise in those. In fact, um, I just read in, I think, the Wall Street Journal that we've seen a significant rise in their sales mm. from, mm. you know, the Hello Google to the Amazon mm-hmm. to, you know, um, Apple has one as well. So we're seeing a rise in um uh, personal assistance in people's homes. Even when I was at CES last week or two weeks ago, uh, there's Amazon is rolling out an auto Amazon. So I'm um, sorry, an auto Alexa that you can put in your car. So then I can now carry those conversations on in my car. But the other is, yeah, there's a great adoption of um, people purchasing cars with um, smart capabilities in them or additional safety features. That are, yeah. you know, um, parts of self-driving, you know, level one and two. And then we're seeing, you know, some increased sales in, in self-driving cars, you know, like like Tesla's and, and things of that nature. Hmm. Um, and drones, do you have a, a, anything, any <laughs> statement about drones? So, yeah, I think drones are a terrific emerging technology. When I was at CES... Um, then that's our biggest tech show yeah, that we yeah, have. We I just, know. you know, had it's it. It's in Germany, isn't it, too? It's in, it's in Las Vegas. Yes, it's in Las Vegas and every it, year. But isn't there one in Germany, in Hamburg? Nope. Oh, we, no. host, <laughs> okay. we host CES. That's a different show. Okay. Um, that, but we, CTA, um, we host and produce and own CES, um, and we host it every year in Las Vegas. It's always in the very beginning of January, and there's a reason for that. It's very future-forward thinking. We bring 180,000 people to this event. Uh, We have over 4,500 exhibitors, and they are debuting emerging technologies and and innovations. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sets the stage for the year. You know, you have leaders in, in businesses, you have investors, you have the media coming to say, hey, hey, what is, what is, out there what's coming down the pike what is what is the newest technologies and emerging technologies uh, that are of interest to us and so to answer your question about drones i mean drones play a very exciting role for our future they are able to perform jobs that are dangerous and and um you know dirty or or more dangerous how do you like work shot that, by a drone you well can be shot no by a drone. we don't want to do that no <laughs> but they can go and inspect things in very difficult mm. locations so they now take a lot of risk out of, of a situation where an employee might be in let's say you know high altitudes they also can play a huge role when there's a natural disaster yeah so, you know with sure. search and rescue yes. or reporting you know activities that are happening yes. let's say mm-hmm you know, a natural fire or something true. like that. But I guess I have a question uh, to end all questions. No, <laughs> a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when is uh, science enough is enough? When when, does, when do we as uh, Americans or citizens or anyone say enough is enough? Let's go back to something more, more comfortable for us. So let me go back to um, CES, our show that we host every January that I happened to be at two weeks ago. I saw technologies there that are improving our lives. They're making our daily tasks easier. They're making our roads safer. They're improving our health. They're connecting us with one another. I mean, isolation for aging people is a huge problem. That's what I'm looking for, too. (laughs) So, you know, when I see all this technology and I've seen it emerge and I've seen consumers adopt it more and more and businesses year over year, 
you know, you start to see straight up how things like digital assistance are helping people with memory loss and how features in cars are helping to prevent fatalities on the road and how drones are doing risky jobs and, and helping um, people and companies during natural disasters. We're seeing 5G enable remote health. So now people can, you know, have a conversation um, and, and, a di- you know, and, and receive treatment, if you will, from a doctor that's miles away, or surgeries can be done, you know, with, with doctors not, you know, through um, technology like 5G. So remote healthcare is, is, um, is a promise of the future as well. So from my point of view, yes, technology is moving rapidly, we're seeing so many innovations. But at the end of the day, these technologies are improving our lives, making our world a safer place. And when you look back over, you know, the last 200 years, and you know, just when you start looking at the, you know, first industrial revolution with, you know, the steam engine, and then you move to electricity, the second, and then the computer industrial revolution, if you will, of that's I industrial revolution number three, and then now we're in the digital revolution. You know, we've this is not new to the world. <laughs> you know, technology has been emerging year over year or decade after decade. And, um, you know, I'm seeing it improve lives and making the world a better uh, place. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, and we can look at it from the positive positive offering of science in our in our world. So we're going to try to sum it up as much as we can in a half hour, summing up this uh, this conversation that can go on for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, since, can you uh, can you say, well, first of all, how can people, young people, prepare for careers in in science? I mean, I, I know that we have a lot of the induced labor around it, and they have to know how to use a whatever is is the technology for their industry or their occupation. But how do you prepare people for this for careers? So how can young people prepare Mm -hmm. for the future? Mm -hmm. If we're talking K through 12, what I would say to a young person is focus on critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. Take things like math, take your science classes, but also work in teams do things in your, you know, extracurricular activities where you're working with others. Because what I hear from tech companies over and over is the soft skills are the most important. They can teach you the technical skills, but the soft skills are really difficult to teach. So can you work with others? Can you work with a diverse set of people, meaning they're from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, different skin color, different ages? That is really important. So what I would say to young people is continue to, yes, take your STEM class classes and don't give up. I don't care if you don't have an A in every class. It's not a race. It's about what you're learning. It's about your competencies. Keep at it. And we've we've got a problem with girls dropping off out of the funnel. So that's a challenge that we need to deal with as well. So just because you don't get an A doesn't mean you're not good at it. And so I would encourage young people to just keep studying those STEM um, subjects because what that's teaching them is critical thinking skills. Yeah. Even if they decide not to have a tech job. Right. Well, I think that that is, is useful information. And for people who are in the field, in the field already, what do you suggest for them? What do they? I love that question. For the people who are working today, regardless of their age, I think it's really important that they are keeping their skills up to date. And it's very easy to do that. 
Number one, they should take full advantage of what their employer is making available to them. So if the employer is offering tuition assistance or offering to cover the cost of getting a certification or if they have online portals for learning, any subject that's of interest to you, take advantage of it. That onus lies on you. It's, you know, everybody has to take control of their situation. Take advantage of continuous learning, especially if it's provided to you as a, as a benefit to your, you know, at your company. Because an investment in you is an investment in that company. Because trust me, in this tight market, companies don't want to lose their staff. So in this tight, tight market, uh, especially in this tight market, can anybody get some basic training and be hired in one of these openings that you were talking about? Okay, so um, the other thing I wanted to point out is, let's say you're not employed right now. Uh-huh. Is that what you're asking me? No, um, I, well, I, you're employed in a different area and you want to go into oh, if you want STEM or you want to re-career. Okay. Or... So for those individuals who want to re-career, they're doing something that's completely dis- uh, different than mm-hmm. what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see time and time again is um, situations where pr- a person is um, deciding the area that they want to focus on. Let's say they want to become a software engineer. Let's say they were a firefighter. I actually know somebody who <laughs> is an apprentice who's, who did this. Um, he couldn't work any longer as a firefighter because yeah. he had a back injury. So he went to a local community college and started taking IT programs, IT classes, software development classes. When he was there, he then learned about an apprenticeship program that IBM was offering. Okay. So he applied for that. And so he's now in an earn and learn um, uh, program. We want to stress that apprenticeship program as is a growing market for apprenticeships in the computer science. Yes, and, and of all year. ages. Yeah. So IBM has an apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. and it ranges from 18-year-olds to 58-year-olds. So that's one path. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say to people who want to re-career is it doesn't have to be an apprenticeship if they don't want to, but go and visit, and I'm going to focus on the Northern Virginia Community College right now because this is a regional area, or if it's in Maryland, your Maryland Community College, or D.C., um, or you know, y- universities that are in, in the area. Go call on them. Go visit them. Go look at their website. See what workforce development events they have. These community colleges are very connected with the businesses in their area. They meet with them regularly. They know what jobs are available. And then they're they're taking their curriculum and matching it with with those needs. Mm-hmm. So they can meet with you as a student, prospective student and give you a roadmap for success in what you might want to do. And that's an extremely cost-effective way to re-career. And this every, it's starting off on the same same level. Everybody is taking basic courses in, in the science field. Yeah, and for example, Amazon Web Services has a tremendous apprenticeship uh, program together with the Northern Virginia Community College. In fact, they just graduated um, six um, veterans uh, in December, and I was honored to be at the graduation with uh, Governor Northam. So, Is it from, uh, Amazon did that. Amazon Web Services, oh, right here in Northern Virginia. So, oh. and Northern Virginia Community College was the partner that provided mm-hmm. the in-classroom training. Yeah. So, I can't underestimate your community colleges. Go and visit with them. They have a ton of information for you. Yeah. Speaking of Virginia, uh, they're uh, they have a GoFund. 
and uh, this area has uh, a fund to to build a, a, a network of people in the science and technology areas, and through uh, and Nova and Northern Virginia Community College is responsible for managing it. So it is. Uh, you're right on on point there. It's how you from zero to to entering the field ten. You, there's a plethora of, of information and resources about uh, you. So, is there anything you want to add that we didn't ask you? I mean, in this short time, I've been thinking of lots of questions I could ask you, but you know, maybe you know, maybe you have a question. Well, I, I don't have a question, but what I would say is, you know, this area, we're very fortunate, this Northern Virginia, Maryland, D.C. Yeah. marketplace. This is a hotbed for, for um, tech talent. There's high demand for um, jobs in the tech sector. And again, not just IT-related roles, but those that are necessary to operate businesses. Right. So for those who want to be... Um, you know, business. yeah, it's, it's interesting because, excuse me, uh, you talk to some employers and they they sound like there's they, they put an ad out and they don't get any any applicants. But people on the other side, the job seeker uh, who's applied says, I never got an answer from the you know, the employer. So so the mismatch is a communications breakdown or, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that that's a challenge. That's always been a challenge as long as I've been, um, you know, in the workforce 30 years, you know, a job uh, recruiter is going to get a lot of, you know, resumes, if you will. Um, so it's really important to network. I mean, at the end of the day, get out in your community, meet people in business. Um, don't be shy. Create a LinkedIn account. Um, every time I meet someone, I go in and connect with them on LinkedIn. Your network is so important because once you start having conversations with people, you'll hear about jobs. And um, I just know personally that the best way to get hired is when it's been a personal referral. So that's how you can cut that clutter. But it's it's really, that that can be tough when you're when you're when, you're looking when for your a resume is just a number, a number, and you can't get in touch with the person. Uh, I I think she's a marvelous job of explaining a lot of what I just spoke with my guest listener about the the plethora of jobs in our area and how fortunate folks are. And there is a huge disconnect. I just was uh, chairing the Career and Technical Education Advisory Committee for Fairfax Schools, and they talked about the initiatives that are happening in Northern Virginia and across those areas. And and a lot of it's just awareness. People just aren't aware of what's out there. So we're putting forth the greater efforts, not inform just the students or young adults, but also parents, because they have a huge influence on that. So I'm sorry we are running out of time, and uh, it's gone so quickly that uh, I don't know how to uh, extend it, but we welcome, we welcome you to come back, and we welcome, uh, we're going to put this in our radio show and also on our podcast. So and we'll see it on SoundCloud and MixCloud and iTunes as well as our radio program. So thank you, Jennifer Taylor of CTA. We very much appreciate you. Well, thank you, Charles and Cindy, for having me. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at careercentralonline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.